go. It's bringing yes. money. We're back. It's Kyle. It's Greg. It's Jordan. In the fucking house. Are we in the house, boys? We're in the fucking house. We're in the fucking house. Let's go. We're, we're all in our fucking houses. We're all in our houses. I... I am. had another solid day of driving by my neighborhood COVID clinic, COVID testing clinic, which is a guy in a Nomi Health van in front of a middle school, um, <laughs> single guy it appears, and a uh, small van, and about 300 cars in line today. Jesus Christ. So, hey, you know what? Uh, I, I think it's kind of a good thing that with COVID spiking at its highest levels possibly ever in the state, we've just decided to turn over all of the uh, testing apparatus to just silicon slopes and just let yeah. them have it. <laughs> yeah. No yep. bad precedence Deus there. X machina, baby. Didn't, didn't test Utah get in trouble for like falsifying a bunch of their tests i mean when i say trouble i just mean like caught but then of course no consequences i'm pretty sure they were like doing some scammy shit with their testing Um, situation if you mean scammy shit by they just didn't work then yeah i guess that's probably it because they had like a three times the rate like false positive rate of any other test amazing but don't worry ashton kutcher great stuff yeah well um that's that's great. So, you know, things are good. Um, how 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 are things? I saw Greg very recently, just last night. Jordan, how have you been out doing <laughs> Jordan stuff? Uh, been better. Uh, right. <laughs> I, I found myself in the desert for a week. That wasn't very fun. Fuck, man. Uh, then I just rolled right back into grad school right after that. So that's also not very fun. I've been kind of busy. Yep. How are you? We we need to throw like the celebration of all celebrations when Jordan graduates and is, you know, out of the army. We need to just like do a huge bash. Hopefully, yeah. you know, hopefully it'll be safe by then and we I'm won't not, have I'm to never like, wrap ourselves up things. in bubble wrap to hang out. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen for a while. Yeah, me neither. I'm not super optimistic, but I like to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's a good idea, just in general. <laughs> um, yeah, Jordan, I'm I'm doing all right. Doing doing. I'm I have I've spent less time out in the desert. Um, I did, however, read that New York Times article today. That was just basically like, you guys are all fucked over there in Utah. That was pretty good because the air has gotten so um, not good. And I I, I realized. I mean. Greg, I know you've gotten out a lot this year on your bike. Like, I just like had less motivation to be out in the mountains this year, just outside in general, just because I feel like half the summer was just like smoke season, and um, it's yeah. not good. When I was in Western Utah in the West Desert, the sun was fucking red the entire time. <sighs> on Tatooine, yeah, I love to see it. I essentially yeah. was on Tatooine. We were just missing the second sun, and then that would have been it. But there, <laughs> there was this moment. I went to I, I went to some random restaurant one of those nights where it was just like the sun was setting, and it was just blood red. And through like this weird reflection, as I walked by at the restaurant I was going to, it did the double sun thing, and I was just like, "Oh my god." It was incredible. It, it it was the only good thing about that is that I felt like I was on Tatooine for two seconds, but then of course I was reminded that it looked like that because I'm literally choking 
down my lungs at this point. So, yeah. so I'm um, gonna I'm gonna rewind the tape back a little bit. Um, a, a, a few weeks ago, I decided to to quit my job and kind Ooh. of dramatic in a, in, a, in a fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, you're cool kind of way. Um, and walked off. And then, so I had a week in between jobs. I, I got another job beforehand. I didn't just like, you know, not have a backup plan. Right. But I had a week. So I went up to Jackson Hole and did a little bit of R&R. And it was super depressing. Um, although also wonderful. We went to Grand Teton National Park, you know, and it's, I don't know, five, 10 miles outside of downtown yeah. Jackson. And I'm driving through the highway. And from the highway, I could not see the peaks of no, the Tetons because really? the smoke was so bad. Oh God. Like it ended up clearing out a little bit by the, by the time we, we left, yeah, we, had yeah. a, we had a lovely dinner where we, we just pulled up at a rest stop next to us. So we could take some pictures of the, the sunset on, on Thursday before we left. And I could see it then, but like when we pulled up to the park, yeah, it was, it was that bad. Like it's, it is this way across the entire like Western United States right now. Yeah. Like anywhere west of like the or east of the coasts, it's just yeah. I it's and like I think about I don't even know. I I, I talked to a friend about like just hypothetically where I would move to. I have no idea. Like you you move to to one coast, it's just like fires and whatnot. On that side, you go to the other coast, it's just hurricanes and whatnot. And like. Dude. Like everyone I know that that lives in New York just had like the worst fucking day of their life two weeks I, what, a week ago whatever that was. I don't cry very often. Uh, I, I you know I am a bit of a sad boy, a certified sad boy. That's right. But I was scrolling through Instagram. Um, my old neighborhood in Philadelphia was completely underwater. Really? Yeah, because I lived I lived in a in a neighborhood called Manayunk, which is right next to the Schuylkill River. And during uh, what was it, Hurricane Ida, it yeah. flooded again. And there's this really cool uh, kind of epicenter in Manayunk in, in their main street. It's just like a mile stretch of shops. It's like it reminds me a lot of like Main Street in Park City. Nice, lots yeah. of like bars and boutiques and shops and art galleries and stuff. It's all underwater completely like oh, like God. hundreds of millions if not billions of dollars in damage and it's just like it yeah it just ripped my heart out because that's like uh like it, it, it felt like a little piece of me you know is still there and now yeah. it's just completely underwater and i mean who knows they're still they're still assessing the damage and there's still, you know, there's still water in people's basements a, a week later. And yeah, like who knows what the extent of this is going to be. Yep. So, uh, pick your natural disaster season in this, uh, in this great world that we live in. It's dude, it's so brutal to just, yeah, it's tough. But anyway, like, um, the New York times had an article called booming Utah's weak link surging air pollution. And they're just essentially talking about like everything that we're facing here. Um, in addition to obviously like the um, like the smoke and everything from the from the West, the Great Salt Lake is also like drying up like completely. <laughs> and it's that's like the trajectory we're on. Um, yeah, we're it's as of this July, we're at the lowest it's ever been. Um, and yeah, that's not a uh, great sign for, uh, our environment here, but you know, 
uh, we continue on, I guess. We continue on and we uh, we do our best and go hang out in the desert with Jordan, don't we, Jordan? Actually, by choice, if I had to choose where I was going to reside for the rest of my life, um, uh, Montana Shack writing and Prim uh, manifestos <laughs> seems to be uh, coming up the list a lot. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> man, we, we call that's a bomb ass residence right there. That is that that really is. Love to see it. So, um, before we get into some of the things we want to talk about today, aside from just like the crumbling environments, uh, we wanted to mention that uh, we brought this up when we recorded the episode, but we the three of us went on I Hate This Town, the podcast, and that episode, at least part one of the episode, we straight up recorded for like three hours plus. Um, and it was really good. Super fun. Everyone on that podcast, like we just had a great time. And the part one of that episode is out. Um, so highly recommend people listen to it. We talk about what else we talk about. We talked about, I mean, obviously the weirdness that is Salt Lake and Utah. We talked about like, um, Instagram inf- Mormon mommy Mormon mommy blogger influencer girls. We talked about shout out to Amber Q-Anon. Filler up. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Amber yeah, the, the plethora of of Instagram or Mormon mommy Instagram influencers with like not so subtle porn names. Yeah, that's right. Sh- shout out to Vincent with a Z. Uh, <laughs> Vincent, that's right. Oh, and and just overall, we were blessed by Jesus 3.0 in that episode. So I highly recommend people check it out. It was right. very, very good. On a, on, a, on a side note, but also not a side note, uh, I was thinking when I was up in Wyoming that Jackson Holes would be an incredible porn name. <laughs> that, dude, that's got – somebody's done that, right? Somebody, somebody oh, has absolutely. to. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jackson Holes is too good of a name. Yeah, of course it is. Like bar that's, none. I'm like Googling. And my safe search is not on Jackson. Ooh. There's someone on Twitter named Jackson Holes. Dude, zero followers, zero following. That is joining zero tweets. Tragic. Nah, I'm, I'm stealing that. That's my What now. a waste. Wow, that's a damn shame. I'm adding um, Jack about that right now. <laughs> Give me so, Jackson Holes. Anyway, please go listen to um, that episode. Go follow I Hate This Town on podcast or on Twitter and find the podcast. It was delightful. But um, something happened today, or I guess this first thing that we want to talk about, this happened a few months ago. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen those, like, uh, like, you know, when people do those graphs of trending searches on Google and there's like, you know, you can basically tell what's what's being talked about on like right wing, like Fox News, for instance, by the trending Google searches and the like complete inverse of uh, critical race theory and ivermectin like are form like a perfect U of like <laughs> trending searches because critical, critical race theory is gone. It's old. It's fucking busted. And ivermectin's that new hotness. And now we're basically going a little bit back in time because this, a video has surfaced of Jay Stewart Adams and he is the um, he's the president of the Utah State Senate and um, he like this was during the peak of when critical race theory was was all the new hotness and um, they were essentially 
Oh yeah, they did the resolution, didn't they? Like, didn't our state state folks do like a resolution about it, but not actually oh, passing yeah. a legislation? We didn't just do a resolution. We special did a session. special session to do a resolution on <laughs> critical race theory, a non-binding, no real law resolution to just say like, you know what? This seems like bad news. Let's stop it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I got to find the video. So um, Jay Stewart Adams, I guess he he might be like a chairman or He's he has some type of like position on the on ALEC, which is the American Legislative Exchange Council, which is basically responsible for that cut and paste legislation that gets passed throughout the entire country. So anytime there's like these bills going around to every state house in the country, specifically in the the red states or the states where the Republicans control the state house and the state legislature. Um, there's just these pieces of legislation that just move throughout the country that they just literally just cut out the the state names or anything uh, specifically mentioning the locale and then just replacing it with the new one. And there was some critical race theory legislation that um, that was doing exactly that. And uh, I got to find this video. I think I'll just play it and see if we can hear it. One sec. But yeah, it's uh, turns out um, Jay Stewart Adams is kind of a shitty dude. But here we go. Shocking. He has a lot of good things to say in this. Laboratories of uh, democracy. And, and that's just not a phrase. It's the truth. We copied Minnesota's abortion bill. I think we've joined in your lawsuit. And so it, it, Mississippi, I mean, Mississippi's bill. And we've joined with them when their their lawsuit. So uh, and then. We tried to do something similar to uh, to Florida uh, and Mississippi. Uh, it, it made it through the House, came to the Senate. We thought we had it done, but then there was pretty good backlash from the Jazz and other sports organizations and the NBA, and it stalled in the Senate. I hate to tell you that, but it did. Uh, we I mentioned during the general session, we we passed resolution. Uh, trying to ban critical race theory because the government wouldn't put it on our call yesterday. We, we did it as a resolution. Uh, I just got a text last night, and I hate, to, I hate to use names, but I will. Donovan Mitchell is not happy with us. And you start to get, uh, you start to get very popular sports stars like that that are pushing back. We've got work to do to try to educate them. And my text Ooh. back was, let's get after him and let's go tell him what we're doing because they don't really think he understands what happened. But it is a it is a problem. It's not something that uh, we've seen a lot in Utah, but I think it is a big issue and we're, we're going to deal with it. My Where favorite part is when he says, uh, this isn't something that we've seen in Utah. But like, of course, through like this Alec bullshit, they just have to try to pass this stuff everywhere because they, you know, I mean, it's, it's all it's it, it's never about local control, but it's 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 control done through local means. But just, you know, of course, even if it's on a problem here, we got to pass the legislation to throw some red meat to the pigs. Yeah, it's just it's I mean, when it comes to reactionary politics, there is always a a boogeyman. And in this case. That's exactly what this is. And, uh, you know, at the time of of his comments, 
Yeah, this was the boogeyman du jour. And I know we've we've moved on to misinformation on ivermectin and, you know, Biden falling asleep when he's hanging out with <laughs> Neftali Bennett. But, you know, <laughs> which okay, we'll get on. to. First off, that was king shit. That was king shit. That was fucking that was awesome. Nice. Okay, but first of all, like, I want to say one thing, too. First of all, I hate that fucking phrase, like, the laboratories of democracy for state governments. Yeah. Now, state governments were always fucking corrupt and have always been fucking corrupt. That's why, yeah. like, the Vanderbilts were able, like, to buy their own personal lawyer a Senate seat back before, like, the 17th <laughs> Amendment. Like, it's such horseshit, especially in this state, too. And I'm glad you brought up the ivermectin, too, because one of the major things that John Stewart or J. Stewart Adams has done to uh, combat COVID is force the state to buy $800,000 worth of uh, hydrochloroquine. Hydroxychloroquine yeah. at yeah. the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, That's hydroxychloroquine. Right. And even better from pharmacies that are linked to him. The, yeah. Yeah. It's always, it's, I mean, it's always a grift when it comes to these people. Just it's, it's such a trope, but it's a trope because it's true. Like follow the money, man. Yeah. That's all. This, that's the only thing these motherfuckers care about. State governments are so openly corrupt too, because there's little to no <clears throat> like news presence on them too. Like in Utah, you'll have like three reporters for him, one from the trip, one for like Fox 13 or something. And that's about it. So these guys are pretty much able to do whatever yeah. the fuck they want. And no one cares. Like no one actually has the will to stop these guys. Because if you dug into most of these people, like there's probably like things that have like ruined like Harding administration, like the 1920s. But no one seems to care because it's just just water off a duck's back at this point. But Anyway, yeah, I mean, when you have a when you have a veto proof supermajority, all you have to do is look at them and say, yeah. And what are you going to do about it? What you're going to yeah. ar arrest us charges with a crime? We could even send John Swallow to prison for like some pretty openly corrupt <laughs> shit. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, specifically, all that stuff is just pointing out how ridiculous this fucking um, the Alec thing is. But like. Secondly, everything he says here about Donald Mitchell is just fucking insane. Um, and this also marks the second piece of legislation that wasn't passed due to the jazz. Apparently, um, we talked about this when they were trying to pass the anti trans legislation that they were. Yeah. That was another copy paste bill that was found un unconstitutional elsewhere. Um, but they were trying to pass it anyway, just because, of course, it's the uh, laboratory of democracy or whatever. Um, and Ryan Smith and the Jazz essentially got that one shut down just because, I mean, we talked about it then, but I can't remember the comparison we made exactly. But we were essentially just talking about how we were in this constant struggle between like theocrats and then just like the capitalist forces that want Utah to be like Silicon Valley. So it's going to be the struggle between what, what's the balance of how bad can we, can our legislature act without actually, um, w w without actually going over the edge where it harms capital. And like, we've been doing this dance for a long time. It's happening in the, in, in St. George where they're like, um, essentially renaming Dixie state because it's causing a lot of problems for recruiters trying to bring people, um, to companies that are headquartered down there and then students going to the school itself. You even have like Republican, um, members of the state house speaking out about how the name needs to be changed explicitly for that reason. Um, 
And so this is just like the common theme that was just going to keep coming up again. But we are literally just we're just grasping on to um, the heels of capital and they're controlling those this legislature in one way or another it's really just going to be just trying to find the actual balance and how far they can push without ryan smith or in this case donovan mitchell stepping in and being like no and there are enough like weirdos and freaks in our state house and state senate that they actually care i guess what ryan smith and donovan mitchell have to say um it's really it's really strange but yeah and then just the straight up racism in that clip where he's just like he essentially what calls him uppity. He <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. He's, he's like, he doesn't, like, we need to educate him, essentially. We need to educate him about what we're doing here with critical race theory. Like, no one, the guy who sponsored this resol- uh, the resolution in the House explicitly said he did not know what critical race theory was. Like, it's fucking ridiculous. It's a, it's a fucking scare tactic. And it, and it really takes a special kind of racist to call a black man in Utah both stupid and uppity in the same statement. Yeah. I, I, well, I think this really speaks to you more than anything else. It was just how like unlinked like the Utah state legislature is from any sort of like material, like consciousness of the ground inside Utah to begin with. Yeah. Cause I mean, think about this. The only thing they really focus on nowadays is just pretty much whatever cause du jour, like, your uncle or like uh whatever psycho wrote on twitter about like women in sports and all that who also wrote matt walsh or like their only real concern is like uh we need to get the people who get mad about everything to be on our side and yeah it's it's a legislature filled with charlie kirks yeah yeah but even beyond that too it's also like traditional conservatives too because like now they're talking like well you know we need to do a tax cut it's like okay hold on a second our entire state's like environmental like biosphere is about to collapse from the fact that we're not going to have water in like next year. So maybe we should use that money that we have in the surplus for the state to like, I don't know, make sure this state is livable beyond 2022. But yeah, you know, maybe I'm just a lip snowflake or whatever, you know, or if you, you drive around town and maybe we could uh, designate a little bit of money somewhere else other than having every single goddamn road in this state under construction. I can't get around this town at all anymore. I know everything. It's everywhere. It's it's a fucking mess. Greg, that federal. We're just so committed to expanding the state as endlessly and developing it as much as possible without like the infrastructure or very importantly, the water supply. Resources. Yeah. It's insane. Like the legislature is not going to stop until like every single city just becomes a mega city from Judge Dredd. Like, yep. Yeah. I mean, how many fucking people in the state house and state Senate are like high up members at some like um, at some like housing development company? Like the speaker of the house, Brad Wilson, is like the president of Destination Homes or some shit like that. Yeah. Stuart Adams is 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 a developer, too. Like they're yeah. all they're either explicitly working for those companies as in addition to their being in the state house or state Senate, or they are just like 
it's their buddies. So yeah. it's either at, at most <laughs> at, or at best case scenario, they're simply just friends with these people and not actually and, working and for the company. Also, directly. if you think this is if this is just like a Republican problem, too, it's not. I mean, today we had Aaron Mendenhall do a press conference downtown about oh like God. the evils of what's going on at Pioneer Park and, you know, how we need to have a police crackdown just to show that there's a deterrence to crime and I'm sure it has nothing to do with the fact that her husband has like a development two blocks over from Pioneer Park that's in development mm, right now. Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, I'm actually looking forward to hosting this podcast in 2024 when we're talking about how Brad Wilson is Utah's version of a Morton Joe. <laughs> Jesus. I know. Oh, okay. And just today, um, like the city council was voting on um, – on uh, on uh, a resolution about um, well okay I'll read this so um, this was a meeting that took place tonight but it was the planning commission is hearing a proposal to allow for the construction of bo- of a boarding house with no in unit private private kitchens and instead providing shared kitchens this is happening around first south and seventh east these apart- apartments will start at eight hundred dollars a month will displace a number of families in the area and will drive up the rent in a historically working class neighborhood so these these apartments that they're trying to build are like they have shared bathrooms and shared kitchens and are going to be charging like eight hundred dollars a month for essentially just dorms like college dorms and it, this was very narrowly voted down but it's just like this is just the future of like where all this stuff is going and it's insane. Yeah, we, we've um, become so uh, like unmoored from like the promises of the past of like you can buy a house or something like that, to, that we're essentially going back to the Gilded Age of like company towns and, and tenement housing. Yeah. So this is a fucking great time to be alive. Yeah, the fact that investment firms can buy housing in this country is just fucking criminal. It blows my mind. So, um <laughs> that's none of this is going to be changing anytime soon. Um it's just going to continue on this trajectory forever until everyone is just renting a house from whoever fucking like BlackRock or whatever. <laughs> One of those companies is just going to be the landlord now. So, Prime Emperor Eric Prince yeah, one of those oh capitalist God. communist form, firms that's going to own all the houses. Yes. Oh, yes. Perfect. The capital, the communist capitalists. Fucking JD Vance. Um, okay, so the last thing I wanted to mention about like this uh, this thing with Donovan Mitchell and Jay Stewart Adams, it's just like, um, you know, the, the, the person who is always willing, who, I mean, number one, jazz fan in the state is of course spencer cox but he's always willing to share his opinion on something if he thinks it's a very safe thing to do makes him look good um but he has been like notably absent from a lot of things lately um specifically covid but also this like he just straight up didn't comment on anything and you think that someone who you know who tries to publicly show support for donovan mitchell so often um if there's something in the news like for for instance if Shaq is going after donovan mitchell on tnt you know spencer cox is the first one on the timeline to talk about how proud he is of donovan mitchell or something like that but when you have jay stewart adams out there saying that donovan mitchell doesn't understand race issues um then he, of course, will not say shit. But you know he's just a fucking like online sicko like the rest of us. And he is just too cowardly to say anything. So he just, if you just peruse his likes, you'll see what he's actually uh, 
getting himself into. And of course, just the most tepid support of Donovan Mitchell without actually saying anything. So he knows something's going on. He show, he's willing to show his support for Donovan Mitchell um, when he thinks it can make him look good. But if there's any political cost to, to coming out against something like this um, and calling out Jay Stewart Adams for being a fucking freak um, and just being straight up racist for the sake of passing some bullshit legislation, he won't say anything because it's uh, it, it's going to hurt, hurt his political future in the state. So fucking cowardice, as always, from uh, the commander of this very great state. You know, more, like, uh, more like Spencer Pussy, am I right? You know Fairness. what? Let's just give uh, Spencer Cox a salute that he surely deserves. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot you had that back. Love to see it. So, um, yeah. Elsewhere within the state, you might have seen Jordan making... Excuse, excuse me, exposing uh, Cosmo, the BYU Cougar, for all of the alt-right shenanigans that he's been getting up to over the last uh, year or so. Um, we, we Jordan, spoke. tell us about that. Like, where have you found these 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 photos from the cut? I'm just so surprised that these are surfacing now. Um, they're from a bunch of events I don't really like to talk about because of the sensitive <laughs> nature of them. Um, but I do assure you they're all real. Um, I certainly haven't had people just in my mentions for like the last week, just essentially be like, is this real? It's like, yeah, all of them are real. Um, Cosmo is an alt-right. Um, he is a Nazi. It, it, it hurts me to say that it really does. But you know, I, I think we need to hold him accountable. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, in in true Utah fashion, uh, Cosmo has changed the spelling of his name and uh, is now beginning his name with the letter Q. <laughs> I would love that. Cosmo. Uh, that's a good look for him. Uh, no, I, yeah, I've just decided to just make Photoshop this entire week just because I've been kind of bored. And honestly it's been the most joy i've had on twitter in so long just because like i'll post something like not even a really good photoshop it's something i make on five for five minutes on like my phone it's like it's it's by no means like <laughs> a piece of arc and i'll just have like a bunch of people like that's not real how dare you it's like no shit it's not real what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> the people getting mad at you were so so good like that one that was uh the one, I mean, of course, some delete your accounts, but the, you crossed a line, bro. No respect <laughs> to the one of Cosmo saying World Trade, World Trade Building 7 didn't just blow itself up. Honestly, how did you do that one? Because you even got like the lighting on the on the on the uh, banner pretty, pretty accurate. It looks really nice. I, I, I got to give you credit for that. one. <laughs> I took a banner from an actual like 9-11 truther thing and then just put it on like a street sign that Cosmo was holding up. <laughs> Dude, it looks like it lo that one honestly is like probably the best one as far as quality but yeah it's it's great also the dude's smiling like right behind him is just making that one perfect um, that was classic uh but yeah people were just really not stoked that you were doing that unfortunately but oh, i was having so much fun like it's beautiful just because like it just and you know what i don't care what byu fans think about me they can be mad at all they want i don't really hold byu into very high esteem to begin with for a lot of reasons and right. and like just making their fan base angry because for this entire week i've seen nothing but the same sort of like spencer cox bullshit of like why can't we just be friends let's have a good clean rivalry just 
you know, yeah. principal Skinner bullshit. I don't, I don't like that. I don't care for that. Like grow up. That's just fucking baby brain shit. Yeah. And let's, and in just a moment, we're going to talk about like, what's, uh, you know, why that might not be, why all things are not equal in this discussion around the, uh, around BYU in particular, but how it relates to this week, which is the big rivalry week here in Salt Lake, um, in which BYU and Utah are playing a game of football this upcoming weekend. And, um, yeah, Jordan, I know you have some thoughts that you shared online the other day, but I'm curious if you want to go into more in depth about like, first, why you think this is a bad idea for B, uh, for, for Utah to play this game. And then we'll get more into BYU and yeah, uh, what's going on there lately is in particular. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, it's rival week, so there's going to be tons of hot takes flying around. And mine is there's no reason why an academic institution like the university of Utah should ever engage with something that gives both legitimacy and also just a, just a stage to a school like BYU. You, you shouldn't and, have it. And a check. And a check. Well, they're playing in BYU, so BYU's cutting the check. But okay. because of the reciprocal relationship and since they're going back to Salt Lake and all that, and no matter what, there is a financial relationship there. And honestly, yeah. like it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen. If you actually care about the rights of people at BYU, especially the rights of LGBTQ students, you don't engage with that. It's the same exact thing that we talked about in our podcast where we talked about BYU's race relations in the 60s and 70s and all the protests surrounding that. Yeah. Back then, schools had the courage, student bodies had the courage to say, no, we're not going to play these guys. We're not going to play these guys. We're going to protest them. We're going to make it as miserable as humanly possible to engage in any sort of academic or athletic partnership with this school. And that there hasn't been that sort of grassroots effort for this is no. really disheartening. Yeah. Not only that, but like BYU is likely going to be put into the big 12 uh, pretty soon yeah, too. So uh, it's like, yeah, as, a Friday. Like, as a Friday, yeah, from yeah. what it sounds like it's a done deal. And you know what? That's pretty much where they belong, especially with programs like Baylor, which have shown to not have any sort of conscience whatsoever, but <laughs> yeah, but yeah. College athletics is just a moneymaker. It's not, it's not a moral game at this point. I mean, right. if it was a moral institution, do you think schools like Penn state would still exist with a football program? No, absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, sorry, Greg, continue. No, I was just going to say, if you really, you know, and we're also talking about a school named after Brigham Young, who is like one of the worst men in like Western United States history. And, you know, if we're going to, I'm going to do a shameless plug. And if you really want to like get into just how awful he is, you can go back and listen to our episode with Joe Kasabian, where we talk about the, uh, the Mormon militias and, and, you know, document the, the mountain meadows massacres and, you know, the genocide of the, the Timpanogos tribe and everything else that, that Brigham Young is guilty of like this is a really horrible man and even like having any sort of uh connection to a school or him at all is is gross I agree everything named after Brigham Young is bad including this podcast (laughs) yeah well especially this podcast (laughs) yeah no yeah so um yeah like as as Jordan was saying like you know 
this isn't a particularly good time to be going to BYU if you are a um, not straight student, um, if you're a trans student or anything like that. Um, Jordan, do you want to walk us through what's been going on lately in particular, specifically around like the church itself with um, Jeffrey R. Holland, an apostle of the church? Yeah. And um, just everything that's gone on in the last few weeks in particular. This is very like pressing shit that's been happening. Yeah, actually, I'm going to go back a year first. So February of 2020, there was the honor code office for BYU silently removed the homosexuality clause from the honor code. And so a bunch of students, especially LGBTQ students, thought that, oh, wow, maybe we'll actually be able to exist on campus now. But the problem was essentially what the honor code did after that, too, was handle things by a case by case basis. Essentially, it just became like a PR problem. So instead of like actually using the honor code office on an official basis to expel like LGBTQ students, what they do is they would just use the endorsement that students would have to get from their religious authorities to stay in school. And essentially it was just a great big PR move by the church and by BYU to have the same sort of ability to throw gay, lesbian, transgender, bisexual students out of campus for any sort of conduct they seem detrimental. And then but not have any sort of like the doctrinal framework to the organization to actually be held to that. Now, yeah. going back a couple of weeks though, I mean, over the past year, there's been a lot of protests for it too. Like we saw like our, our friend Evan talks uh, has been to a lot of the protests for like, say gay pride at BYU, which is starting to have like a really big impact too. Um, yeah. And, uh, like Evan, uh, again, was our friend who came on the podcast to talk about Desnat and he has a lot of personal experience with them. Obviously was in a lot of like the discord groups with a lot of those, those incredibly, uh, not good people. And, um, Evan also, uh, um, I mean like, like through all of that, like a, a lot of that Desnat stuff formed kind of in response to a lot of these protests that were taking place in support of, you know, LGBTQ students at BYU. And they felt like, you know, they had to do their thing in response to that. Yeah. There's been a lot of like rainbow protests by supporters of LGBTQ. And there was the counter protest that they did, which was the funniest thing ever because it was like six people who were like carrying umbrellas on like a sunny day. Yeah. That's where their umbrella shit started. (laughs) It was in response to the rainbow, right? Yeah. Is that like the whole thing? And it was just, depressing i i asked i honestly felt bad for him because it was just like six of the saddest human beings they looked like just the saddest sexy <laughs> shit imaginable and and also beyond like, that too you you all oh sorry go ahead greg i was gonna say just and all of them looking like the michelin man yeah <laughs> like their entire diet is like i don't know fruit snacks and mountain dew yeah fuck those people i hate them so much and you also had things like um, the Y on the mountain being lit up in rainbow colors, which, by the way, was incredibly badass. I love that. It was so good. So good. <laughs> so there's been a lot of contention on BOU's campus, especially from the more from the more um, hardline LDS people thinking that the church is starting to slip away from them. So two weeks ago, Jeffrey R. Holland, who is an apostle of the church, gave this uh, speech, this 35 minute speech where he essentially just did just pretty much just said like, fuck you and your rights. You don't belong here. Um, 
Yeah, he he invoked like um, he mentioned muskets, essentially saying that people need to be more willing to defend the doctrines of the church, essentially by invoking muskets and kind of like the old like revolution style. Um, this was very quickly like uh, grasped onto by a lot of people. Like we we briefly mentioned that like weirdo who was running for Ogden City Council named Greg. Is it his name Greg? I think. Yeah, Greg Smith. He never trust anyone with that name. That's right. Greg Smith. And he um, he's the one that has like the, the Nazi dude on his on his like uh, team to help his support his election bid or whatever. Um, and Greg, in response to seeing a um, I think it was at Layton High School Seminary. They posted like a welcoming message for people. Like if you are like a gay student or whatever, like you're welcome here. That was like pretty much the extent of the message. It literally just said you're welcome here. And he quote tweeted that and said like it's time to grab the muskets or something like that, just directly <laughs> invoking that speech. So clearly people like yeah. Greg were taking that uh, pretty seriously and to Going heart great. to where – yeah, it's, simply telling gay students they're welcome at seminary is enough to uh, get the get the muskets out. Yeah, it's become a rallying cry for every like stone cold psycho within like a thousand miles. Yeah. So that's that's awesome. Um, some yeah. other things he brought up in that speech, too, was he actually brought up the the valid Victorian from the previous uh, commencement ceremony who came out as gay during his speech and yeah. and said like he questioned the motives. He's said that he commandeered the ceremony for himself and then wondered like what was the next thing that they were going to do next year if that was allowed which man fuck you okay like yeah he got to be valid victorian he kind of deserved that all right but to like say like but that's a slippery slope thing you hear about gay rights all the time too it's like uh when rick santorum on the floor of the senate said like oh if we're gonna allow gay marriage what's next just allowing man and dog relations or something like that it's the same yeah. bullshit like it always, it always is. gets like, taken to the like the most extreme absolutely it always does because because they can't really like because they realize if they let that slip right there then like that's the game for them mm-hmm. again it's like, boogeyman politics man Oh, yeah. Yeah. Know that. And I do have that uh, quote, too. Also, on top of everything else, too, he said that if maintaining the faith's position on on LGBTQ issues ends up costing the school some, quote, professional associations and certifications, then so be it. This is. Yeah, cool. Cancel the rivalry game. This is literally just like, let's bring the temple down on our own heads. Yeah. Like, they don't care. Like, the, yeah. the only thing they care about at this point is just maintaining their rigid hierarchies they currently have because what's to what's to lose by allowing gay students to be open on campus or transgender students to be open on campus i i i can't get an answer for that it's it's the pride of of higher ups in the church like admitting they were wrong at one point it seems to me to be an ego issue oh it totally is i mean it's the same thing we saw with like the revelation giving black people the priesthood. Like the only reason it had lasted so long was mainly the ego of the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the last quote here was BYU faculty and staff should take up their intellectual muskets to defend the church of Jesus Christ, the letter of saints, especially the doctrine of family and marriage as the union of a man and a woman. But some choose to aim friendly fire from time to time. The church, 
From time to time, the church, its leaders, and some of our colleagues within the university community have taken such fire on this campus. Now, the problem I have with that is BYU has had such a reputation for its past for attacking academics with the two. Like, for example, the the September 6th comes to mind, too. The six academics who, including like D. Michael Quinn, who were excommunicated from the church for their actual scholarly work. So when you hear things like that, too, that has to probably put alarms bells in a lot of people's heads, especially if you openly support LGBTQ rights that a lot of people in the faculty at BYU actually do support. Like this is just a reading them the riot act. Oh yeah. But no, this is awesome that they're going to actually be able to move up in college football and go to a better conference. Yeah. One of the most interesting things is that like a lot of, I mean, the majority of gay students like at BYU are probably, I, I assume also still like believing in the church, trying to maintain a relationship with the church, still trying to be like an active member of the church and just like wanting to feel uh, welcome, um, which I mean, it, it, I mean, like it, it, it's a, it's 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 commonly the uh, the butt of a joke, like that there are these gay Mormons who are living celibate lifestyles, some of them even marrying women um, because they want to remain in the church. Uh, but like in like uh, like I can see why that's a comedic situation, but there are like a lot that are in this situation at BYU who are now being met with this type of messaging, and um, it's being taken to heart by many members and it's not a very positive situation for them. I'm simply just like trying to be who they are and going to uh, school and trying to get an education. It's, um, it's very less than ideal. I'd say. It's bad. And it's not like this is a, this is a topic that's just barely come up too. And this is as, bad as relations get with lgbtq people with byu like there is an extensive history of like the abuse take us through this history if 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 anything else jordan i know you want to take us through this history yeah i mean (laughs) i mean for the first 70 years of byu's existence there really wasn't an honor code there wasn't anything that would toss out toss out uh gay students at all but 1957 it starts that too with our good friend ernest wilkinson who remember wrote the wrote his memoirs and the faculty of BYU called it mind campus because of how much of a fucking psychopath that guy was. Um, so they start adding an honor code in 1957, 62. They finally allow for a, for a provision that bans homosexuals from campus too, with the quote from Spencer W. Kimball. We do not intend to admit to our campus, any homosexuals. We do not want others on this campus to be contaminated by your presence fucking yeah. piece of shit uh that's great that's really great 1964 spencer w kimball calls homosexuality malady a disease and asserted it was curable through self-mastery um yeah spencer cool. w kimball was kind of a psycho for a lot of reasons especially since he thought like the ability to defeat masturbation was just chain yourself to the bed which makes me think that that guy was a little bit of a freak <laughs> Wait, and this was before oh before the movie God. Seven came out. Yes, Man, it was visionary. <laughs> yeah, it was like he definitely being like the the leather guy who uh, had the knife cockpiece. So, 
Anyway, yeah, it's going to come out one day that he used to dress like the gimp in Pulp Fiction. Oh, God. I, that's not something I want to picture. It, it's in the miracle of forgiveness if you read between the lines. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, by 1973, when Ernest Wilkinson's out, you have a new one who's Dallin H. Oaks as the president of BYU. Don't worry, you'll hear his name a lot. Um, was the first verifiable account of university-sanctioned electro- electroshock aversion therapy. So this is a real insane thing that electroshock aversion therapy was. So what it was is you would show images of, say, a naked woman or something like that, too, and you wouldn't shock them. And then you would show an image of, like, say, gay pornography or something, and then shock them in the genitals. This was sanctioned by BYU. That's like some clockwork orange shit. It really is. Like, honestly, it's torture. Like, the, the only Jesus way you can really yeah, describe that is torture. And so that continued for a decade until 83. Um, in 1976, in another initiative headed up by Dallin H. Oaks, uh, they aimed to purge BYU's campus of gay influence. They, um, they did interrogate interrogations of fine arts and drama students. They surveilled gay bars in Salt Lake city. They bugged dorm rooms. They uh, attached recording devices to suspected students. They raided student housing for incriminating evidence and placed in trapping ads in Salt Lake city newspapers. Like just some straight up insane shit. Yeah, that's absolutely ridiculous. But apparently, just straight I mean, up like not disinformation too surprising, campaign. I guess. No, and yeah. and they used to run right. these like sting operations all the time too, in conjunction with like say Provo Police and Utah County Sheriff, especially on like Geneva Road in Utah County. Jesus. Like they would do this all the time. Like there's no doubt about that too. And in addition on that too, like you just had a culture where gay students were essentially just a scourge that need to be stamped out. Anyway, Dallin H. Oaks yes. would go on to be the uh, is currently the first counselor in the first presidency of the church. So, you know, awesome. everyone pays a price for their evil, I suppose. Yeah. Um, 2005, the Foundation for Attraction Research was founded and run by BYU professors. They would later publish Understanding Same-Sex Attraction, a paper openly advocating therapy to cure sexual attractions. So, conversion therapy. And the rest would just essentially, I, I got all this information from BYU's, uh, from BYU's, um, what's the organization, the USGA, the understanding sexuality and gay Alliance. And, and honestly, like the history of BYU continues this very day. And the fact that they have gone so long torturing LGBTQ students, the way they have the fact that no one has ever paid a price for the, past horrors they've visited upon people ruining lives um just horrors i can't even imagine and the very least that byu could do to make amends for the for the atrocities they've committed especially against lgbtq people is just to apologize for that and they'll never do it yeah, it's it's the same thing as it was with like the the priesthood ban too. They'll just immediately like one day they'll just come like you know what it's okay to be gay, and then they'll never talk about it again. Right, right. Despite like, I mean, even with with the whole having to denounce your family members thing, like there were how many? I mean, how many suicides that happened because of that? And like, just families who were torn apart and like 
you know, they reverse the decision. And then again, nothing's ever talked about before. And there's like, again, there's just, there's no consequences for, for actions. BYU was running illegal, like fundraising and phone banking operations for prop eight in California. Yeah. During that, like, and no one apologized for that. No one's ever going to apologize for the, for the proclamation to the family. I mean, the church has, has made a pretty clear line and until they remove that line and then they'll just like have amnesia for the past 40 years. doesn't matter. Yeah. And everyone, you know, and we'll get the same, like why you bring it up old shit arguments. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is like, even with like the priesthood Bantu, there was massive like grassroots efforts and there still are grassroots efforts trying to push BYU on this stuff too. But it's not as mainstream as it was in the sixties and seventies. Like you're not having full universities saying like, no, we're not going to do business with BYU. We're, we're absolutely right. not. We're not going to play them. We're not going to, we're not going to invite them to our stadium. We're not going to invite them into our college. You just don't see that. And I think the problem is they've, they're going to pay no price. Yeah. Without that pressure, I mean, it, it just won't change. Like it's, it's going to be about the money just with, I mean, everything else, unless there's an actual threat to the bottom line, um, specifically around athletics, it seems, cause that is such a money maker. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not gonna, it's not gonna change. I mean, in the 1960s, you had universities pushing to remove BYU from the Western athletic conference. You're not getting that anymore because they just got rewarded by being put into a power five conference now. Yep. Yep. That's it. Like there, there is no like morality you're going to see in college sports. Like, like it was, it was a nice idea for a while, but it's done. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if they were more, there were more gay athletes or something, they would care, but it's like, it's easy. It's an easy problem for everyone to ignore quite honestly. Um, it's, it's, it can just be out of sight, out of mind for a lot of them. Um, and just how it's always been for a lot of like, you know, LGBTQ people in and around the Mormon sphere of influence. Um, it's better just to not talk about a lot of these things for most people. And it allows them to more easily ignore, um, the pain that a lot of these people have to go through. So, yeah. And, um, and I think like going into this Holy war weekend, when you have a bunch of BYU fans, like clamoring for civility and all that too, remember they don't give that to anyone else. So why the fuck should you give it to them? Yeah. I don't respect them as an academic institution. I don't respect them as an athletic institution representing an academic institution. Why the fuck would I be friendly with their fans? Yeah. What was that? Um, what was that tweet Spencer Cox liked about that man? Oh, the oh, Jonathan yeah. Tavernari tweet. Yep. Holy war rivalry week commercial idea. Utah coach Whittingham and Kalani Sataki coach of BYU record a Spencer J. Cox and Chris Peterson of Utah type commercial about keeping rivalry week clean and fun, not attacking each other. BYU football, Utah football. You're welcome. You are a fucking child. It's just like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> when like, all this stuff is just is so fresh, especially and just like the background of all of this is just like, I, I don't I don't know. It, it's 
it's, it's exactly what I was just saying. It's so easy for people to ignore, quite honestly. Yeah. And, and just speaking of, of childish ass behavior, one thing that I've been teaching, you know, my, my three-year-old is the golden rule, you know, and that is you do unto others as you want them to do unto you. Um, and the way that BYU treats its own students and anyone who isn't really a straight white male uh, is enough for me to not have to treat them with any sort of respect at all either. So I'm 100% with Jordan. Yeah, there's there's no respect. There's no no love lost. Like, no, fuck them as a staff, record label, and crew. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, yeah, I mean... <laughs> I think that's that's where we got to end at least this topic. I think. Do we have any final words on this? As the saying goes, "Do no harm, but take no shit." Yep, there it is. Yep, yep. <sighs> well, boys. Also, Utah's gonna win. Well, yeah, Greg. I swear that, to God, <laughs> don't you can't you can't speak that into into existence. Also, since we're doing out of out of uh, town scores, looks like the U.S. men's national team is not doing very hot. Dude, they just scored the goal to put them ahead of Honduras. Oh, and did Honduras. they? Oh, wow. I guess I got to retract my uh, U.S. men's national team. Oscar parties aren't hot anymore. <laughs> There's still plenty of time for them to fuck it up again. Um, Christian Kulisic has been subbed out um due to an injury of some kind um and antifa must have taken him down the united states are up to one now in Honduras, i'll keep so. drinking that garbage i'll keep we'll all keep drinking this garbage in particular but stone cold psycho christian bilyasik <laughs> god i wish he could tweet again i really do I don't know. I mean, if, we're gonna, if we're gonna get such an anemic biden administration one that just sucks like at least fucking let the guy tweet, man. I don't man, know. We could even he, talk he, about like the infrastructure bill. We could have talked about Joe Manchin today and we did not. Did you guys see the shit about his daughter like being. Oh, you mean like, like her uh, like criminally like profiting off of like yeah. happy pen gouging? Oh, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know what? Honestly, like if Joe Biden was like a LBJ type president, he he would have just leaned on Manchin's like, man. Yeah. You have two options here. You can either support this uh, infrastructure bill or the yeah. Department of Justice is going to take a hard look at your daughter. I'll, yeah, I'll let 100%. you choose. Yeah, that should 100 percent be on the, <laughs> I on have, the table. I have a take when it comes to just to, to tie everything up into a bow with people like Joe Manchin and Jay Stewart Adams and the rest of these just craven motherfuckers. And that is they do not belong in polite society. No, and the, and the only not. way that we do like we can do anything is that they should not feel comfortable in polite society. And there needs to be more examples of people interrupting their fancy dinners, you know, and, and showing up on the sidewalk next to their homes and letting them know that they don't get to be a part of this anymore, because that's the only way that I see things maybe even possibly changing in this country, but they should not be able to feel comfortable at all. And that's a big problem with all of this is that there's, there's a lot of uh, comfort going on right now. 
Yeah. Yeah. They're all too comfortable. I kind of think about how Chester A. Arthur as president was very big on civil service reform and anti-corruption laws after the president he took over got shot by a crazed job seeker. And then it's like, hmm. It's an interesting concept there. By the way, I am parody redacted. I don't back violence against politicians at all, just to let you all know. That's right. Just, None just, of us do. Just sharing a quick little fun tidbit from history. As we also do. Well, boys, it's been it's been a pleasure talking with you. Um, I hope everyone had a good Labor Day this last Monday and uh, is having a good end of summer despite all that's going on. Um, trying to enjoy the outside weather as much as possible before uh, before COVID continues to get even worse. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of it's stressing me out at this point again, but. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially after that conversation we had with Ken and then seeing just like what's going on in Utah in particular, but like Idaho is having it worse now so bad. more than ever. Idaho like, is insane. invoking literal death panels for dealing yep. with COVID right now because they're so overwhelmed. So, you know, yeah. congratulations, they more, everybody. They have more in the hospital right now than they ever had like last year before the vaccine. And it's also because they nuts. had like a 38% like vaccination rate. So... They they have one of the lowest in the country. Yeah, it's insane. But anyway, boys, glad we get to we get to suffer together through this, and I'm <laughs> glad that everyone else gets to suffer along with us. It's very fun. I it's agree. very nice. Solidarity and suffering. Solidarity and suffering. Any, any parting words? Um, End it there. Fuck the why. Um, choose the left. That's right. All right. Bye, everyone. Amen. Amen.